Kick Bump Podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast, the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples of the East Kulin Nations. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kick Bump Kick Pod, your fortnightly DM on all things motherhood. Hello, everyone. I'm so sorry if you can hear in my voice. I am unwell with something, and I've just got my fingers crossed that it is just a cold and that it's not this nasty flu going around or it's not COVID. I haven't caught COVID yet. I mean, well, I'm saying that before I've done a rat test. I'm going to be doing a rat test today and tomorrow and just making sure that it's not that. But anyway, a little bit of a Harvey update. Harvey's been sick. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) We traveled to Sydney, which was so exciting. Uh, It was our first trip away. We kind of wanted to rip the bandaid off. I had a work trip that I was required to be up in Sydney for the morning of a Saturday. And I just thought, oh, this could be a good opportunity to go up and some of our Sydney friends can meet Harvey and we can go up as a family because it's not like I was working the entire weekend. I'd still be able to spend some time with him. And it was so good. It was really nice, um, but it was a little bit tiring, but I'm glad we did it because now we know what it's like to travel with him and what to do next time. And I think the my biggest tips um, would be when they're young, travel lots. <laughs> I feel like he's at that age where it's really hard to travel with them because He's like busy and wants to move and he's stubborn and he's starting to throw tantrums if he doesn't get what he wants and he also doesn't know what he wants. But I feel like when they're a little bit older, I mean, if you're into screen time, you could literally just give them an iPad and put their favorite show on and they'd just watch that or they'd kind of keep busy to themselves with a certain activity or toy. But like Harvey's just so indecisive and thinks it's fun to like throw things in the aisle and was a little bit cheeky. And then when they're younger, they literally would just like feed and sleep and are happy in your arms. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough time to, to travel, but we just packed lots of snacks, um, a few different books, a few different toys. And yeah, I just, I laughed at myself though, because before we left, it's like just a, a bit of a habit for me to download a show that I want to watch on the plane when I know I've got a plane trip coming up. And I was about to download a show and then I laughed because I was like as if I'm gonna get the time to watch a show like that's wishful thinking and I was very right there was there was no time for that but anyway all in all it was a lovely weekend but Harvey did fall sick basically the next day um he was pretty unwell there was like a day uh it was probably the second day we were home he was just a full zombie like he had a fever he was just super sleepy slept like a lot napped a lot in the day uh and just was very lethargic, didn't have much energy at all, snotty nose, scratchy throat. Um, So he definitely came down with something and Josh stayed home with him. I felt fine. So I went to work. And then last night um, I went out with my mum, and as I got home, I started to feel a little funny in my throat, but I didn't really think much of it. And then I woke up and I had a headache, a little bit of a scratchy throat, but still I felt fine. I still felt kind of energized and felt totally clear in my head. And anyway, got up with Harvey 
Josh woke up and was feeling terrible. Hit The cold hit him really hard. Whatever Harvey's got, Josh certainly caught and it hit him hard. So I spent the morning with Harvey and I just started to spiral down. It just got worse and worse and worse. And this is me now working from home with a voice that is slowly getting deeper and croakier and probably um, by the end of the day, I'm going to lose it. So I was like, I better get this podcast intro out of the way. Thankfully, the chat that you will be hearing with the lovely Jess, which I will intro her in a second, I was not sick yet. So my voice is not like this. But I just, um, I, I wanted to be able to check in with you guys and still have a bit of a Harvey update because I think one thing that did happen to me yesterday when I left for work and I was feeling fine, I had this like overwhelming amount of mum guilt hit me for going to work. I think I'm incredibly connected emotionally uh, with him. I don't know. I've read all these like beautiful quotes and memes and stuff like that where, you know, it says that the the connection between a mother and their baby is just like crazy because, you know, our hearts, you know, beated within the same body at one point and there's just there's, there's so much connection there. And even when they're out in the, you know, outside world, there can still be that really strong connection. And I genuinely feel that. I feel like when he's sick or unwell or upset, it, it really does affect me. And so, I got to work and I was just so distracted. Like I knew he was fine. I knew Josh was home with him. I was fortunate that Josh was home with him and I just, but I just couldn't shake it. And I just felt really strange not being home, cuddling him. And it was, it got to a point where I was so on edge that after this podcast with Jess, I got quite emotional. And then um, I was speaking to Haley, another team member and, and she's got kids and, she asked me how I was because she'd seen that Harvey was unwell. And as soon as she asked me how I was, it's like, you know, when you're like on edge about to cry and then someone asks you how you are and you just can't help but cry. I cried. It wasn't like full on or anything, but I teared up a little bit and I just said, yeah, I'm all right. I just like, I can't shake it. And it was just a shame. I had so much on yesterday. I had to stick around and get it done. And it was fine. I feel like after I had the cry, I felt a whole lot better. Um, It's like, I just needed to say it to someone for them to validate my feelings. Like she made me feel very much validated and that it was totally normal for me to feel that way. And then I was able to just kind of get into my work and I was fine. I did get better throughout the day, but it was hard. It was hard at the start. And yeah, I think I'm still going through the motions of like, you know, some days being incredibly happy to be at work and incredibly passionate and totally okay and also ready to have a bit of a break from Harvey and it's a me time in a way but then there's other days where all I want to do is be home with him and it's really hard because I never ever want to come across ungrateful in any way you know I love that I'm passionate about what I do I love what we're doing at kick I'm so grateful for that like I wouldn't have it any other way um I spoke about this actually on the kick pod episode last week with Laura but it's like I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't want to have a job that I didn't like or that I didn't wasn't passionate about or made me unhappy. Um, but at the same time, I think if I did have that, you know, I'd be able to be less emotionally invested and, and really kind of have a lot more time or emotion, emotionally invested back into Harvey. And so I think I'm just struggling at the moment because I am so passionate about Kik and I love being at work and I get FOMO when I'm not there and there's no way I'm stepping back. Like I know it's right for me to be back it's still, it's still a struggle for me. And I just don't want to ever come across to you guys that 
it's all easy um and me finding the balance is all easy because if it ever comes across that way like please do not compare (laughs) however you're feeling to how I'm feeling because it's likely that I'm putting up a front it's really hard and I am working through it um there's more good days than bad but yeah, this, be- this this week's been a bit up and down and I'm so shattered I can't be in the office today because we have some really exciting things on, but I do not sound well and I feel like it's just spiraling down and I do not want to get anyone else sick. So working from home is, is what I'm doing. Uh, before I intro Jess, my guest today, I did want to remind you guys that we are in the middle of our workout in winter challenge at Kick, which is super exciting. It's such a great way to stay motivated. It's so, so normal to become unmotivated in winter. It happens to the best of us. But I wanted to remind you guys that we actually have a offer at the moment. It's $25 for three months of Kick, which is our quarterly membership. It's 50% off. Um, so I'll put the details in the show notes of this episode so you can get a link and you can sign up to the Workout and Winter Challenge if you want to and make the most of that offer if you're interested. Um, otherwise, as always, you know, you can find us on the App Store, Google Play Store or website and enjoy a seven-day free trial on our monthly subscription. But we would love to have you. We've got Power Pilates this month as part of the challenge and it's so good. I'm loving like everything Pilates and we know you guys are too. So hope you are loving the new Power Pilates sessions in the app. Now to Jess. So Jess Ehrlich is a best-selling author and a mother of two, and she's actually about to be a mother of three. But above all, she's an incredible writer. She's raw and honest and totally relatable over her social media in her poetry. Um, She's got some incredible books. I have already put them in my cart to purchase them because I've been stalking her online and I absolutely love what she writes. It rings so true to me. Um, but Jess also suffered from postnatal anxiety. So she's really open about that too. So this chat is all around postnatal anxiety and how she kind of, uh, noticed it in herself and, and worked through it and how her friends supported her and how you can support your loved ones if you know anyone going through it. Um, but I hope you enjoy this really real beautiful chat with Jess as much as I did. Jess, welcome to the Kick Bump podcast. I'm so happy to have you on. For all the guests listening, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and your story to becoming a mother? Sure. Well, thank you for having me. Um, So I'm Jess Ehrlich. Um, I have two kids. They are three and four, and I've got one on the way. Um, I live in New Zealand. met my husband in Melbourne. He's a Melbourne boy, but we moved over here to start a family um, I'm a writer and an author of some children's books and um, a poetry collection on early motherhood. And you're a beautiful writer. I've spent the weekend reading through so much of your stuff. And before I get into the next question, I actually wanted to share something of yours. I hope you don't mind me reading it out. And I <laughs> hope I do it justice. But this one really stood out to me. Uh, so it says, I've been the happiest since I've had children. I've also been at my lowest. I'm a much better version of myself. I also haven't always liked what I've seen in the mirrors have been held up to me. I've never been in more company and at times never felt so lonely. Some days I don't want to end and some days I wish away. Oh, the guilt from feeling that when they grow so fast. I've never been so sure of who I'm meant to be. I've never wondered so much who I am. I've never felt closer with my husband, but at times I've never felt more distant. I believe in myself. I trust myself. I questioned myself and doubted myself. 
I've always want I always want to be better for them, but I've yelled and cried and wished I'd handled certain situations better. I've never loved so hard and so fiercely, and I've never felt so vulnerable. I've never been more broken and I've never been more complete. I've never smiled so much, I've never cried so much. I've never craved alone time more, but when I am, I always feel like something's missing, like an arm. I've never been so excited to watch them grow and simultaneously wished they'd stay little forever. Some days I feel like I've achieved nothing, but as I think of them at night, I know I've achieved everything. I've never looked forward to so much and I've also never looked back. It's one beautiful contradiction, a journey of wrong turns that are probably still right and dreams of the future even though you don't get enough sleep to dream. Exhaustion but effortless effortless love, the hardest and most rewarding thing ever, motherhood. (laughs) And I just loved this so much. I shared this yesterday because I just felt like it speaks to me. Um, But I think what is in this is a lot of truth for so many. And I would would love you to talk through a bit of your experience. Um, You've been so open, which I'm so thankful for, with postnatal anxiety. You know, it's heartbreaking to hear that one in five new mums and, you know, even one in ten dads – um, suffer from perinatal depression or anxiety and yet there's there's still that stigma around it mm. but I think people like you being so open and sharing your story I think would help so many parents feel less alone so if you're comfortable would you mind telling us a little bit about your experience with postnatal anxiety? Yeah absolutely and thank you for reading that out. Um, I think I've always had anxiety to some degree but um, having children sort of brought that to the forefront in a way that I I guess was forced to deal with it so it was kind of the catalyst so it was it was a good thing um but it really exacerbated it because I had a bit of birth trauma I had a lot of trouble with breastfeeding my first and um I think for me while I experienced baby blues this feeling didn't pass it was kind of like a weight that stayed with me and that's kind of how I knew that there was something more to it Um, even though it was common, which I also didn't know at the time, um, it wasn't necessarily normal. Like we, I didn't have to go about my life feeling this way, but the problem was I didn't want to talk to anybody about it because not many people were talking about it. And as you said, there is that stigma, even though it's so common. So I kind of felt like I was trapped in this sort of like newborn bubble of you should be loving every minute you know, you're so lucky, you've got this beautiful baby. Um, But then I was questioning myself, like, well, why are you having these? Because I had intrusive thoughts as well, which was not nice. Um, Mm. Why are you having these thoughts? Why are you worrying all the time? Why are you crying all the time? You know, and it was just really awful. And that lasted with me um, for a good few months. Mm. It's, it's, It's so horrible. And it's, I mean, I think the biggest thing is is talking about, as you said, I feel like, I mean, did you feel like a bit of a weight off your shoulder when you started to talk to people about it? And who did you go to first? Definitely did. Um, The first person was my husband. Um, Mm. I don't even think it was like something I had to build up the courage to do. I I was just sitting there and I think it just got to the point where I just, (laughs) I was at the table and he was holding Harry and I just turned around and I said, I don't feel like myself. I don't feel good. I don't feel right. It was just, it was that, it was just that. I blurted it out um, because I obviously had been wanting to do it and I didn't know how to do it. So I just, I did it and he was great and he was like, okay, like tell me about what you mean, have you been feeling? I think he kind of knew in him, like in himself as well that I wasn't quite myself. 
and then when I kind of got into a bit more detail about how I worry so much, how I kind of almost felt like I was a prisoner in the house, how I didn't want to leave the house. I mean, these are not traits of me. I've never been like that. I've always loved Mm. being social and getting out and doing things and fear has never really held me back. And I just felt like I was a different person. And so anyway, he um, said I should also talk to my mum, who I'm really close with. So I started talking to her as well. Um, And then one evening I was just talking to them both about everything. And they said, look, I think you should talk to someone like someone professional, speak to a counsellor and go from there. And so I did. Yeah, I think that I think that's so good. Um, And it's so good that they were also both so open to hearing what you were going through and then so supportive in that, because I feel like one of the biggest fears, I think, for most people about speaking up might be that someone might say the wrong thing back or might not be so supportive Mm. but I think those loved ones around us you know can really surprise you at times and and really do say the right things and if they don't know what to say then exactly right going and get professional help is is such a good step and I think it's really important that you know the conversation around baby blues the conversation around motherhood especially even in that early postpartum period it's not always sunshine and rainbows it's not what people kind of uh I suppose tell you that it's like this magical thing I mean it's magical it's a miracle but at the same time it's so hard and I think on one hand it's really really handy that there's more information about the struggles that you can go through but I think it's also like it's confusing because then I mean I found myself questioning at what kind of level is it past the point of normal feeling these kind of baby blues and when when do you think it is actually time that you should probably seek Uh, help and speak up about it like what was it for you that kind of got you to the point where okay I need to make a change um I think because like I'm no professional so I can't really like talk about Mm. the differences between baby blues and postnatal anxiety but I know that baby blues is around that um big hormone crash where you know you're quite depleted and everything decreases whereas that passes Um, I don't know if it's like sort of three days to two weeks. I didn't even experience it with my second, um, but I definitely did with my first. But I I knew when the feeling didn't pass that there was something. Mm. Um, I also started to experience intrusive thoughts, which is like a separate thing. And um, they they were really scary because I was like, okay, something's obviously wrong with me. Why am I having these thoughts? And just to like give you a little insight it would always be things that like in my mind felt out of my control so if I was walking Harry in the pram and there was a dog off a lead my first instinct my first thought was like you have to protect him this dog could just run up and maul him in the pram just really horrible graphic you know Mm -hmm. like the sun's out we're having a beautiful day we're going to the park everything's fine and then this horrible thought you know just slices through my mind or um you know, lots of thoughts around just dropping him when I had him very securely, I was holding him very securely or him not breathing in his cot. I mean, these are actually quite normal things for Mm. that a lot of mums do go through. Um, but I felt like mine were like debilitating. Next level. Yeah. 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 Oh, a hundred percent. I had, I had, especially earlier on, I had so many of those thoughts. I mean, what, for, for one reason, uh, I didn't co-sleep was because I was having nightmares that, I would like sit up in bed and he was in the sheets. And so I just made that decision for myself personally. There was no way I could do it because it was such a scary thought that was just ingrained in me somehow that just kept happening. And so many of those kind of 
Yeah, fears. I, I've, I'm kind of similar to you. I never, I never really considered myself a super anxious person or I, I really loved living quite a spontaneous and exciting life and never really thought too much about the dangers or had too many strong fears. But as soon as Harvey's now been in the world, I think about everything and like a whole other level. And it's funny because I think back to when I was a kid and how my mum was – my dad was a lot more of the, you know, encouraging me to – get on the kneeboard or go and do all that sort of stuff. And mum never held me back from doing that stuff, but she also was a lot more careful and a lot more worried and didn't really get involved in much herself in that sort of stuff. And now I think as a mother, I kind of understand it. Whereas at the time I was like, oh my God, just get in the water. Like, do yeah. But now I'm like, oh my God, was that, you know, is that fear for your children just something that sticks with you and stays with you? And I think it's, it's as we touched on it's that that level of what's kind of normal to then what's too intrusive and that actually takes over did you know much about postnatal anxiety when you started to experience it or was it something that you kind of learnt afterwards I hardly knew anything about it at all and actually just like touching on what you just said so interesting I felt like such a helicopter mum at the start and that was never me and I remember <laughs> as, as a kid as well I you know you kind of feel invincible and you kind of know your yeah. own boundaries as a kid but when you are a parent you you want to trust that they know their own boundaries but it's so hard because you want to protect them but you want to let them take risks oh and then when you've got anxiety yeah. as well it's like this whole other level it's really hard um but no, I didn't know much about anxiety at all, uh, postnatal anxiety or anxiety, to be fair. As I said, like earlier, I did have, I feel like I did have a level of anxiety throughout my life, but I dealt with it, I guess, in a way mm. that wasn't right. I just dealt with it. I bottled it up. I moved on. I kept myself busy. I think yeah. when you um, are a mom, especially in those early days, and there's a lot of sitting on the couch, feeding, and you know, there's time to, even though there's no time and you'll run off your feet, you have that time, I guess, to ruminate and to think. And that's when the thoughts start to, you know, sometimes it can get a bit scary. Um, I actually ended up turning to a community online, funnily enough, because I did have some close friends I spoke to and they were amazing. But, you know, I think you need to pick and choose who you confide in. Like you want to be surrounded mm. by really supportive people because it, it really can make or break your situation. So I went online and actually I... Um, found some really great accounts to follow. Um, I was following Caroline Boyd at the time. Um, it wasn't until, I'll mention it now, it wasn't until much later, recently actually, that I read Caroline Foran's uh, book, um, Owning It, which mm. I wish I had read um, in those early days. And there was a quote um, from Anna Mather, and I'm just going to paraphrase it. But it was something to do with like with intrusive thoughts. It's, you know, your brain playing with fear, risk, power. And like I think she said the naked hearted vulnerability of love. I paraphrased that. But it was really amazing reading that because I was like, oh, wow, this is this is what it is. Like there's nothing wrong with me. It's like my brain's trying to protect itself or prepare me or it's because I, I'm worrying so much because I love so much. Like it was finding some kind of connection through this online community, even though you don't want anyone else to feel this way, knowing that others do is so powerful and you know you're not alone. So yeah, online, um, an online community was really helpful for me. 
Yeah, that that's such a great tip. I, I find the same. And I think I found it interesting that you said that whilst you did go to your loved ones and everything like that, you also found it extremely helpful going to an online community because I think even in my own mental struggles that I've gone through um, with like body image issues and all that sort of stuff, bad relationship with food, I found it super comforting confiding in not like full strangers but people with a non-biased kind of opinion or a non-biased view on me that could just kind of tell me how it is without having the like years of love and attachment to me because I feel like a lot of my friends and family couldn't relate to what I was going through and therefore whilst they would have absolutely been there for me and been there to comfort me they might not have actually had anything that I could take away to say and so I think that is such a great tip and I, I mean obviously there's different things that works for everyone especially when it comes to um you know anxiety and everything like that and highly recommend your first step being to go and speak to a professional about it but were there any other tips other than you know your online community that kind of helped you get through some of those harder days um one of the things and going back to online is like online is very curated right so if you are following someone that makes you feel less than or you're not measuring up in motherhood even if they're not intentionally doing it it's okay to unfollow Um, I think Mm. that you're really fragile in those early days. Um, So the people that you follow online are just as important to your mental health as the people that you surround yourself with um, in real life, like physically. So um, that is a tip that I would give. Another thing that I learned from my counsellor, which really helped me, it's very simple, but when I had um, a, a, a worry or an intrusive thought come into my mind, I wouldn't try and block it out. I would acknowledge it because you you can't stop these thoughts from coming. They're going to come. So it's like acknowledging it, realizing that you're safe. It's an irrational thought and replacing it with something, anything else, um, as quick as it comes. If you can get into that habit and replace it with something else as quick as it goes. When you're going through this kind of thing emotionally, it's obviously hard on you, but uh, your partner, I'm sure, and and even your friends to see you go through something like this, you know, do you have any advice on anyone who's listening who might feel that maybe their close friend, family member or partner may be experiencing, you know, postnatal anxiety? Is there any do's or or don'ts, like maybe don't say this or don't don't do that? Is there anything that someone tried to do for you that was kind of unhelpful or things that they did do for you that that really made you feel supported? I think just always like do always be there and stay loyal and always listen. A big one is invite your friend out, even if they do decline, keep inviting them, keep checking in. Mm. Um, I used to find that really hard because I didn't go out as much in the early days and I I would see a lot of friends going out on social media with their little babies um, and I would think, oh my God, like I'm so not ready to do that, but maybe I should be because I can see other people doing it. And like, uh, it wasn't my friend's fault or anything like that, but sometimes I just wouldn't get the invite because I had said no so many times and it was so crushing. It was like, oh, like, please don't forget about me. I really want to be there, but... Like I've got some stuff going on right now and it's heavy and I don't know if you'll understand. Like I was the first of my friends to have a baby as well. So, you know, I didn't expect anyone to truly get it. Um, so I think, yeah, keep inviting, keep checking in. Um, one thing I think that we tend to do as humans, as friends, as family members, is we really want to fix things. So 
like I'm like that I, I want to fix things and it's okay to just listen so yeah it's it's a, it's like a real practice thing though right so if someone gives you a problem you want to like just fix it for them and make them happy and make them better but it's not anxiety is like a journey and it's not one of those things like it's not you it's not who you are it's just something you're going through and it can't be fixed like that but it definitely can be managed so I think just the power of someone sitting there holding space um, letting you speak is super important um and another thing, and this is really hard as well, but we also sometimes go in there with an at least before what we're going to say. Um, in so many situations, I've definitely done it before. And I think, you know, at least kind of, it takes what you're feeling, kind of scrunches it up a, a little ball and throws mm. it away. So I think just, just yeah, just listening. There's such a power in that. It might, you might feel like you're doing nothing, but you're doing so much. Oh, I think that last one particularly was so good because, I mean, it's all, all you're looking for when, when you need to, to vent and talk about your feelings is for someone to validate your feelings for you. And I think uh, it's a bad habit of mine as well. I'm, I'm someone who likes to try and come up with a solution and sometimes I do need to remind myself, just listen, that's all they need right now, a cuddle yeah. and maybe some listening because, yeah, I think there's there's nothing worse when, when you just want to vent and someone tries to make you feel like – you shouldn't be having this emotion because of how good you've got it in some way or form. And I, I wonder because you have grown quite a bit of a following on social media and you're so open and vulnerable, which is amazing and helpful, but it does open up sometimes to the very judgmental trolls out there. And have you, mm. you know, found it challenging at all at any times? Do you ever have to deal with, uh, I think particularly as a mum, any other mum's judging you for what you put out there or using that kind of, well, at least you've got kids kind of line whenever you open up about something? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do, I, it's the minority. Um, I'll say that first, but it does happen. And it's hard because I don't know why we do this, but we tend to focus on the negative more than the positive. Like I'll have you know, hundreds of positive comments and then I'll have one really nasty negative comment and that will sit with me and I'll be like, oh, maybe I should just stop sharing my writing. Oh, maybe, you know, maybe it's offensive. Maybe I'm not um, being diplomatic enough. And then I'll be like, oh gosh, maybe I just shouldn't be doing this. What am I doing? And then I'll freak out um, from one from one negative comment. So it is hard. I remember when I opened up about um, Harry's diagnosis. Recently, he was diagnosed with a sensory processing disorder and dyspraxia. And it was something in my heart of hearts. I kind of always knew, but um, we went down the pediatrician route. And I was quite open with sharing that because I don't feel like those things are anything we need to hide. In fact, the more people that are aware of um, these differences that we have, which again are really common, um, the better everyone else can accept each other and, and we've all got tools to, to help, you know, learn together. Um, but I had people messaging me saying things like, oh, but I actually think it might be more this or I think it might be more this. And I'm thinking, okay, this is weird. Like you don't even know my son. It's like, confusing. Yeah. But people might almost feel like they do. And I, I don't share a huge, like I'm very open with my writing, but I don't share a huge amount of my kids' lives on my stories yeah. or online. Um, so I found that a bit, it just didn't sit very nicely with me because I'm also trying to be very respectful. It's his life. Um, so that was really hard. Um, when I opened up about my miscarriage it was really like I had so many um, supportive, beautiful comments. Um, but yeah, there were there were a couple of DMs that were like, well, at least you've got two children. 
it's like, mm, okay. Um, and again, that kind of diminishes the raw feelings that I'm allowed to feel. Mm. Because I've got two children, I should be grateful. It's just one of those things that I think when you have an online presence, you kind of just have to, oh, I don't know, easier said than done, but just grow a bit of a thick skin. But I have not managed yeah. to do that yet. And it must be so much harder for you as well because, I mean, you are in the public eye and you had Harvey while you already had a platform, whereas I, um, my little girl was already five months before I started an Instagram so I didn't really yeah. have quite as much of that. Yeah, and it's funny because I've been on Instagram for about 10 years and for majority of that I've had quite a strong following and it's it it's gotten easier to deal with but then there's still those days where I might be feeling a little bit emotional about something and you're right, innately for some reason we focus on the negative more so than the positive that comes through and sometimes it does affect me still. And I think particularly when it's something like motherhood or how you parent, you know, there's so many different ways to do it and you try and really tune into your instincts so it can get really confusing and affect you quite emotionally when other people have something to say about it. So... I commend you for, you know, being open with your writing. I think you're helping so many people and I do – I it does frustrate me. I feel like it's something that I feel like I remind other mothers about all the time and yet I don't do it myself. But I always feel like if I'm going to open up about my struggles, I have to then say, but, you know, I'm really, really grateful and I'm really, really fortunate. Like I've got Harvey – and I am. I absolutely am. But I think at times – you know, if someone wants to be open about something and is showing their vulnerability and being raw, it should be commended. They shouldn't be kind of pulled back to, oh, but look at your life because you know how great, like you know how lucky you are to have the children that you do. That it's, of course you do and everyone does. It's it's like saying that someone who lives in a beautiful house on the beach can never be unhappy because they're so fortunate to be in that position. It's, And it is a mindset thing. I think for me, it's it's as much reading into negative comments as it is my own negative thoughts, you know, my own judgments on myself and my own kind of guilt that I then let consume my day and consume me rather than focusing on, you know, the, the more positive things that are going on. I think it's just unfortunately the way we're wired, a lot of us. Um, but I think as long as we're all aware of it, we can try and be better towards each other and then yeah. hopefully <laughs> it'll just all turn around yeah. I think um for the, the this I would say there's probably people listening in who may be going through something like what you've gone through themselves and I would love to know if there's any kind of message or takeaway you'd really want them to hear what would you what would you say to them I definitely say just don't let this doubt yourself as a mother um, sometimes I think anxiety and intrusive thoughts are only there because of how much we truly care and love. Um, but the weight of it, it passes. And if you're planning on having another as well, just be aware that it might return. It did for me, but I had the tools to cope um, the next time around. Um, and, was, and my friends and my family were aware. And it passed a lot quicker as well. Just remember that you're capable and the feeling isn't you. It isn't your future. It's just something or part of your journey. And with speaking up and the right support, you'll be okay. That's so beautiful. And I mean, I would highly recommend everyone listening also to to follow you and to even get your books. They are so beautiful, by the way, as well. Very stunning design. But they're just, or your writing is so, 
easy to digest and so relatable I think in so many ways to so many um so thank you for everything that you share online and thanks for joining me today I feel like today I really needed to talk to you because I'm just I'm a little bit on the emotional side today and there's something about confiding in another mum <laughs> who would just totally get it that it's been really comforting for me so thank you thank you and thank you so much for having me Thank you so much for listening, guys. I will pop Jess's info in our show notes and I will be back in your ears with another kick bump episode in a fortnight from now, but you can also look out for a kick pod episode this Wednesday with Lawsy and I. It's a goodie. You can find us on Instagram at Keeper Cleaner or myself at Steph Clay Smith and our website, www.keepercleaner.com. Bye, guys. (laughs) 